Shortly after the doctor stepped off his plane in America, he started to get a funny feeling. It, it was something that I felt, it bothered me quite a bit. And I'll tell you how it bothered me. Dr. Bhaskar Shrapada was born in India. He came to America to work as a psychoanalyst 45 years ago. The town in which I grew up is a big town. It's a city rather, where there are several million people. But for several million people, there are just a few parks where you have a swing set and you have a merry-go-round and a monkey bars, things like that. So I remember from my childhood, whenever I went into those playgrounds, I had such a great sense of joy. Today, Dr. Bhaskar Shrapada is one of the leading providers of psychiatric care to homeless people, including at the Primo Center. But when he first stepped off that plane in 1974, one of the first things he noticed about his new home was the abundance of space. So when I came to and took this job, there were so many wonderful parks in the city of Chicago. All you have to do is to walk in any direction. So when I came, I said, hey, what a great opportunity for the children to play. The other thing that he noticed was that a lot of those parks, at least in certain parts of the city, were pretty empty. It stuck with him. Dr. Shrapada found his new home to be a land of almost overwhelming abundance. But he also realized that a whole lot of people didn't seem to have enough. So you asked me what was my first reaction. Here are great things that are available. Let's figure out a way of using those things. I'm Jesse Batend, and this is Whole New Worlds, brought to you by Primo Center. On this episode, we're sharing the story of Dr. Shrapada, one of many people who have dedicated their careers to helping homeless families. So Dr. Shrapada had just arrived in America and taken a job as a clinician. He was getting to know Chicago and wondering about all those empty parks when one day a friend called him up and offered him another job. So I went and talked to him and he said this means working with the homeless women. And uh, although I had never worked with homeless women prior to that, uh, I felt uh, quite intrigued. Dr. Shrapada had experience building trust with his clients. As a psychoanalyst, I learned how to listen to people and how to talk to people. Usually this took long periods of time over many regularly scheduled weekly sessions. It would also usually happen in an official office setting. But I felt that was too ivory tower oriented. I wanted to be more practical. I, I believe in being real. So this idea of trying to help homeless people, I was very keen on trying to see if, if I could do anything to help. The company was called Beacon Therapeutics. It's no longer in business, but at the time, they were the primary providers of clinical services to many of the shelters in Chicago. So I liked the idea and uh, I signed up for it. Every day, Dr. Shrapada would jump in his car, almost like a rolling office. Uh, Beacon Therapeutic had about 
uh, 18 or 20 shelters throughout the city so i drove from one shelter to another to visit people who were living in the shelters you've heard of the lincoln lawyer meet the thunderbird therapist so i got a chance to uh go to different parts of the city right from Howard Street to about almost 127th Street or something like that. The doctor would zigzag across the city, meeting people wherever they were. So I got to know the city of Chicago a little bit like a taxi driver. <laughs> Sometimes the job even meant kneeling down and having a crisis session right there on the side of the road. There was one time when my director asked me to go to Lower Wacker Drive and interview a person who was actually on the street. If you were a resident at any one of the 20-odd shelters that Dr. Sherpata served, you'd come to expect once or twice a week to see the sight of this well-dressed doctor pulling up in his car. I don't know how many psychiatrists are involved with the kind of homeless care that I'm involved with. Mm-hmm. I believe there are several, but I myself don't know them. Most of the people that I know uh work on Michigan Avenue. Most of my colleagues they practice in that area. So I'm a little different from them. We are small potatoes. We are not University of Chicago. We are not Northwestern. The doctor was providing a level of access to psychiatric care that most homeless people don't get. But University of Chicago and Northwestern have buildings. So if somebody wants something You have to go to the building to get it. If you want psychotherapy from University of Chicago or Northwestern, they provide great services. But a mother has to go there and take her child. But if she doesn't have bus fare, she ain't gonna go. So one of the main problems of stationary situations is there's a high uh, fail rate. Fail rate means they just don't show up. But if the social worker or caseworker or the psychiatrist goes to the shelter, they're living there. Of course, working in a shelter setting where privacy can already be precious provided unique challenges. Like suppose somebody somebody doesn't want to see you, they just don't go. Yeah. Uh, but if the setting is right there, and you are going into their home, they have no escape. You know it's like if if you're dating but the the person whom you are dating doesn't want to see you right. or like you know and they you know in a dating situation you can say no so just like that the chance to step on somebody's toes is higher here although the chance for greater contact is higher further complicating the matter many of Dr. Shrapada's patients were victims of domestic violence he says it requires a highly sensitive interpersonal radar to build trust in the early stages. You have to always keep the patient's point of view first. The logistical challenges don't help. You never know how long a patient will be in one place. Losing their spot in shelter also means losing access to its services, for example, but that didn't discourage the doctor. This is my experience. Many homeless women you know are living under dire situations. that maybe no one has actually listened to them continuously for 5 minutes. Yeah. So I feel each session is of great importance. You know as a psychoanalyst, 
I was taught that, you know, you, you may need a few years before the relationship builds. But it's been my experience that five minutes with somebody can be quite central, crucial to get a sense of hope, a sense of, you know, somebody is listening. You know, that's a, that's a good feeling to have. With domestic violence survivors, the doctor's work felt even more crucial. Those few minutes with a mother had the potential to ripple out to the rest of the family, which likely was also in need. You know, suppose a boy or a girl witnesses their mom being beat. That's extremely scary. It can be horrifying. It can prevent you from sleeping. My point is when a child observes these kind of things, a child has a choice. You're growing up. You know the mother deeply because she's there every day taking care of you. They know that being like her, caring and thoughtful, means being caring and thoughtful, but it also means you could get your lips busted. So do you want to be a nice guy or gal who gets the lips busted, or do you want to be the tough guy who busts other people's lips and who, who's, care, who's uncaring towards other people? When you are three, four, five, six years of age and you're witnessing these kind of situations, some children may feel, well, I'd rather be the aggressor. And for a mother whose life feels like it's out of control, an intact family can make all the difference. It was in getting to know those families that Dr. Shrapada solved the puzzle of the unpopulated parks. As I got to know the mothers and their children, <clears throat> nobody used the parks. Investigated and found out, why don't you go to the parks? All the mothers who loved their children, they said, no doctor, the gangbangers are there. So I feel there is this great city. I feel Chicago is a great city. It has one of the greatest park systems that I have seen. But yet, a good bit of it is not as much used as it could be. Whether we're talking about a place to play or providing psychiatric services, America has lots to offer, but we have a lot of room to improve. You know, I feel that my uh, experience of being in this country is there is a lot of... America is a large-hearted country. In other words, I really am not complaining against America. Some people have the view that, oh, to do a good job, you need a whole lot of external paraphernalia. But I would say, don't give up hope just because the contact has many limitations. And sometimes, that means jumping in your car and getting your hands dirty. I would say, try to excavate a little extra and try to listen from the get-go and think of every moment as an opportunity to help somebody. What isn't an option is ignoring reality. 
this is what many women have said to me homeless women and others too like they don't like to become uh, dissolved in a setting like you know suppose the person is there oh what do you think of her isn't she pretty but she is there you know what i mean in other words you just make that person vanish like as though you're talking of a third person while the person is actually there so you want to you can't make people vanish by stepping into their reality dr shrapada reminds people they aren't invisible after all america is a large hearted country but i would say from a societal standpoint staying involved is the most important thing Whole New Worlds is brought to you by Primo Center, dedicated to ending the cycle of generational family homelessness. If you want to contribute, it's easier than ever. Text New Worlds, all one word, to 44321 or visit primocenter.org for more information. The show is hosted and produced by Ron Brown and Jesse Patent. Special thanks to Primo CEO Christine Aker, Shelly Cooper, Eric Harmon and everyone from the center who spoke with us. Special thanks also to Charlie Myerson, Sheila Solomon, Janine Harston, Terry Lydon and Cindy Polaskis of Rivet. Special thanks also to Moby for letting us use his music throughout the series, including our theme song Porcelain and Southside as our closing credits. Once again, you can make a donation to Primo Center by texting New Worlds all one word to 44321 or head to primocenter.org. I'm Ron Brown. I'm Jesse Batend. Thanks for listening. So can you tell me about your teddy bear? I don't know. Whenever a new family comes to Primo Center, the children get to pick out a stuffed animal. And they like to play babies with it and the cuddle it. And you like to what? Cuddle it. Cuddle it? Yeah. It's so soft. It's so soft? Yeah. Okay, what color is it? White. Okay. It's called the Lovey's program. and it's just one of the ways that you touch the lives of homeless children with your donation to Primo Center. All right. That's all I just had to make sure that you like it. I love it. <laughs> okay, good. Text New Worlds to 44321. For more information, visit primocenter.org.